Disclaimer. The views expressed on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik are solely the opinions of the host and the guest. The content of the conversation is not reflective of the institutions or establishments mentioned therein. Take all these opinions with a pinch of salt and a dash of lime if needed. Namaskara, good morning, good afternoon or good evening whenever you're watching or listening and welcome to this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. My guest this week is Andrew Choi. Andrew and I actually met on Twitter and he's probably one of the nicest people I've met uh, on that platform. Uh, in this episode, we cover a wide range of topics associated with Twitter and engagement uh, in terms of connecting with people and some of the nuances that people tend to miss out when they think about Twitter. So there's a lot that we've covered in this episode and a lot that you'll get to take away from it. Uh, last week, we had a few dogs in the episode and this week we have a few cats interrupting in this episode. So I apologize for any of the background noise um, caused by the cats. But nonetheless, without further ado, I present to you Andrew Choi on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. Hey, Andrew. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you t- taking the time to do this. Uh, but before we get started, if you could let the people know who you are, uh, what you do, what your interests are, what you like, what you don't like, um, and yeah, so on. Just to feel <laughs> about yourself. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm Andrew. I, hmm, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Um, I work in uh, mergers and acquisition for a healthcare company. Um, I started a Twitter account earlier this year, and that's how we connected um, mm-hmm. and found each other. And I've been, you know, doing a lot in terms of just focusing on community engagement and helping people utilize Twitter the right way, I guess, is what I would call it. Um, just really mm. making um, social professional connections and really engaging with others um, and finding healthy connections. Uh, what I like, I run a lot now. It, it kind of keeps helps me with um, get my exercise in, help me keep my sanity. Uh, I try to run two three times a week um, at nights, um, you know, through the streets. And, um, you know, we, my wife and I have sushi once a week. It's kind of our, um, pandemic, um, you know, kind of go-to dinner that we could kind of get away for a little bit Saturday night. Uh, yeah. My dislikes, whew, they're, they're quite a few, I guess, but <laughs> I dislike paper straws. Really <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Paper straws are horrible. Um, I don't know. I, I know they're environmentally friendly or whatever, but it, it they're the worst things. They, they always mm. break. Um, and what else? Air fresheners. I hate air fresheners, especially the plug-in type. Interesting. Why is that? <laughs> it's really strong. I, I can't... Um, mm. I, I, the smell is really irritating to me i guess um mm-hmm. i think the mild ones are okay maybe like vanilla or something but like there are some that are just like overpowering and you know like if i sit in a room with you know plug-in air freshener for like a minute i just get nauseated mm. interesting yeah i've never gotten that as a dislike before i've gotten <laughs> things like laundry uh-huh. Uh, doing dishes. I've also got doing dishes as something that people tend to like doing because they find it therapeutic. So yeah, that's that's. I like doing dishes. Ever. I do oh, like, you doing like dishes. It too? Yeah, it, it's a little bit of. Uh, it's like a meditation, a little bit. Mm. Mm. A little bit. Interesting. Just running. Yeah, water I guess. And, uh, repetitive motions. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, just wanted to 
make a quick uh, mention that you might hear some rumbling and some meowing in the background. That's my roommate's cat. So for those of you listening or watching, I apologize for any of the interruptions. But uh, speaking of Twitter, um, what got you into Twitter and how long have you been on Twitter? Yeah, I just started this new account um, earlier this year, around January. Um, I had an account, a separate account, probably since 2009, where mm-hmm. I followed mostly you know, sports, politics, news, for the most part, um, and never really created any content, rarely commented on anything. Um, maybe liked a couple posts every once in a while, but that's about it. And it really wasn't towards until close to probably end of last year before I started to see, I follow an account, I don't know if you follow, um, Adip. Um, mm-hmm. I think he had like probably less than a thousand followers at the time, but basically he was talking about just positive community on Twitter and how he's you know, DMing people, engaging with people. And, you know, I just never saw that side of Twitter. <laughs> so I had no idea what he was talking about. So I, you know, followed him some more and kind of engaged with some of that. I mean, not necessarily commenting, but like, you know, just like following some of his posts. And yeah, I felt compelled, you know, to to create a new account and, you know, see see how this works, right? Like I was like, well, I could create content. It's not difficult. Mm. um but you know i think when you first start out it it is you're you're, you have no followers you're tweeting into the void probably for the first like couple months and nobody's responding and you're just trying to figure out on your own i feel like i feel like twitter is not doesn't have the best onboarding experience um Mm. but over time you follow enough of these accounts you kind of understand um you know the rules of engagement you know what this game is is kind of about and and you know how you build an audience how you build a personal brand so there were a couple of times when i pivoted um to new topics and whatnot but um over time you know, starting to see some traction and that's kind of where i'm today mm, gotcha and you said that you had a separate account that you used mainly for just basically browsing or scrolling through some content like sports or politics. Um, why did you choose to make a different account um, mm-hmm. to sort of start this? Did you feel like using the old one wouldn't help with what you're doing right now? Or was there anything else associated with that? Yeah, I, I felt like I won. I think I needed like a fresh start. Mm. there were already a lot of accounts that I was following that I didn't feel like necessarily need to follow anymore as part of my new account, whatever that may be. And when I first started my new account, I had no idea what I was going to post about or what, um, what I wanted to do, but I just wanted to kind of follow a couple people I felt were um, would add positive contribution to my timeline and let the algorithm play out as opposed to just trying to, um, say, delete existing following and then try to add new ones. I felt like it was just too complicated, much easier to create a separate account. Um, and then secondly, I felt like, you know, with my um, old account, I, you know, it was just my personal account. And I created a new account, essentially. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to be pseudo-anonymous and if I wanted to put my picture up. So, you know, I started off with just, you know, some um, avatar and, and, you know, just some image. And over time, I've evolved into, you know, my, you know, somewhat of a personal branding account. Um, I think at some point I needed full, just put my own picture up there as opposed to, you know, this kind of avatar looking thing. But yeah, I feel a little more comfortable now just kind of being myself on there. But initially, I didn't know. I didn't know what, what it was going to be. So I left it kind of open-ended. Hmm, interesting. And uh, this is just a question out of curiosity. And if you're willing to share your opinion, uh-huh. um, what do you think about like pseudo-anonymous accounts versus like personalized accounts? 
Um, I think there, you know, benefits to both. Um, right. You know, I've listened to some of these podcasts talk about pseudo anonymous accounts, and I understand the impetus for them. Um, you know, around you know a lot of them is around you know Bitcoin and 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 you know decentralization and just being, um, you know, being able to utilize an account without you know having to actually, um, you know, be identified, you know, in real life. So there are benefits to that. I think, you know, also if you want to grow faster, I think that that's, that's um, a way to actually do that. I think you can um, choose to be more polarizing without, you know, potentially getting canceled per se, whereas um, there may be, you know, opportunities where you put out content that's too polarizing. And if you are a real life person, you could, you know, anytime get canceled. And, you know, I'm not for or against the cancel culture. I just think it's something to be mindful about. Um, so I think there, there may be benefits to that. And then on the other hand, you don't necessarily develop those type of personal connections as much, I think with a pseudo anonymous account. Um, so pros and cons. Mm. Mm. Well, that's an interesting point you make because I think, uh, like you said, there's pros and cons to everything. Mm. Um, while there's a lot of positive accounts that are pseudo anonymous, there's mm. also a lot of people that use pseudo anonymous accounts to sort of attack a mm. certain school of thought or a political mm. party or a sports team and so on. Mm. So I guess that sort of contributes to the toxicity of Twitter, mm. if you will. Um, can, but to someone yeah. who's oh, go ahead. You were wanting to add something? No, I'm just saying. Yeah, it, it could it could contribute to that. I mean, yeah. To your point, I think there are there are some that are they're positive. They just don't want to be identified. Um, it could be because of their you know current job, right? Like they may be um, a you know working professional that is utilizing this um, as a you know side income or side hustle and not ready to review themselves um and you know once they you know, decide to you know move on and do this full time then they could you know put themselves out there um and they don't necessarily have to be you know positive or negative per se it's just kind of timing um but there are you know to your point there are some that are just more negative and toxic and use that as an excuse to to you know proliferate that and put that out there and, and that's unfortunate but um I think feel like there's a wide spectrum and it kind of makes it interesting. Mm. And um, yeah, with that wide spectrum, I think a lot of the times people tend to just see the negative that comes from mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. if you were talking to someone who's not using Twitter at all, what would be your pitch to them to sort of get them into the better side of Twitter, if you will? I think it's... Um, I feel like it's, it's difficult, um, you know, if I were telling a friend about it because it's just such a, a huge gap, um, unless they're familiar with the side of Twitter already, I feel like it's such a huge gap to convince someone because they already have this image of what Twitter is or may be. Um, you know, if someone, is on Twitter, then, you know, I could potentially um, show them my account and all these, you know, more positivity around it. Um, and they could slowly kind of gain awareness of what's going on with my account and, and build that momentum to, to do it themselves. Um, but yeah, it just depends on their awareness level and how they think about Twitter, um, you know, to, to get them to take a step forward in that direction, really. Mm. And you make an interesting point there about preconceived notions and how, you know, we can be very much married to those notions. Uh -huh. um, do you think, I mean, and this is very subjective and I understand that, but do you think there's any way that a sense of building community can mm. help like burst some of these bubbles of preconceived notions? Yeah, I believe so. I, I think, um, 
you know, I, I'm I'm really bullish on Twitter. I feel like they're they're putting out a lot of amazing tools for creators to to you know really kind of sell themselves and their brand. Um, spaces being one of them. I feel like they're starting to implement ways to to help creators monetize. Um, I know they've implemented a beta version of Tip Jar. Um, they may be integrating some newsletter platforms and whatnot. Um, I see them doing a lot of you know creative things. So I when I do get a chance, I could talk about those things and how they're trying to cultivate you know communities for for creators. Um, but I think it does take a, a mindset depending on when the person is, right? Like a lot of my you know friends are working professionals. They're used to you know the institutional kind of going through the the college and, and um, you know graduate degree and that that nine to five route really would be a, a shift in paradigm to to get them to understand you know this um, the creator economy. Um, the, this type of different stuff that people are are doing on Twitter. So I think it it, it just needs to be kind of teased out a bit more as to like, you know, the audience that I'm trying to convey this to. But people already on Twitter understands. Like it, it's really easy. So when, you know, I, I just kind of like tell them about, you know, so-and-so is, you know, putting out a newsletter and, and they're, um, they're giving all these tools for you to engage with um, your audience, and, and this is potentially how you monetize. I feel like people understand like this community that's going on and how to like use it for their own you know personal branding or whatever product or business they're doing. Mm. And speaking of like we briefly mentioned like community engagement. Uh, you mentioned that Aditya was one of the influences for you to sort of lean into that side a little more. But um, were there any specifics that sort of gravitated you towards that a little more compared mm. to be it uh, self-awareness related content or uh, health related content and so on? Yeah, you know, it's it's a, quite, it's a bit of a journey, I think. Um, and when I think back, it all kind of makes sense, but it didn't really... You know, it, it wasn't a vision that I kind of started with, right? Um, but what I realized, I think, you know, a year ago around this time was, you know, you know, during the middle of COVID, I was, you know, just browsing Twitter and doom scrolling and just following all of these politics and negative news and negative coverage and, um didn't have a sense of what was going on and, and a lot of um, fear and anxiety. And at the same time, I felt like I just wasn't maintaining um, a lot of my existing friendships or, you know, making new friendships. Um, and, and COVID really exacerbated that, right? Because, you know, once you're inside your home, you, you just realize you, you don't necessarily have that type of help so, you know, and I, I realized I was prioritizing, you know, at the time a lot in terms of being a great father, in terms of being, you know, a good husband and then, you know, work. And those were, you know, priority one, two, three. That's basically my life. And I wasn't necessarily, you know, putting a lot of time and investment into personal growth and into you know developing and cultivating new friendships so i went on a journey on twitter but i felt like that was the impetus for how i got to kind of this point in time um you know when i started twitter i just wanted to figure out what kind of value i could contribute or what what i could post that would add value to the twitter community and like a lot of people i'm I think I started on money Twitter and, you know, it, it, it felt like it was a, an easy transition from what I'm currently doing today in terms of M&A. So I was like, well, I'm interested in personal finance and I like stocks. So maybe I'll talk about that. But the more I started posting about that, I did that for about a month. It, it just felt like extension of my work, <laughs> honestly. And, um, you know, it wasn't something that was enjoyable. It was just, you know, um, 
it may be enjoyable to to read about, but not necessarily to to um, write content or post about. So um, I think about a month or two into it, around March is when I started to, you know, get a sense of community. Um, there were a lot of talk around community at the time, and I latched onto that a little bit at the time, as well as finding um, the Ship 30 community. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, where they um, post 30 atomic essays in 30 days, and it started by Dickie Bush, um, Nicholas Cole. And that community had a lot of you know, writers and innovative thinkers that you know, I started to follow and, and got to know over time. Um, really helped me see you know, a lot of creative thinking and for someone who just kind of likes to read about a number of different topics. So it was like the perfect venue for me to um, kind of latch onto because there are all kinds of people, experts or otherwise talking about all kinds of different topics that I'm interested in. And I started connecting with them. I started DM, DMing them, um, you know, following them, engaging with their posts and, um, you know, when it makes sense, I had Zoom calls and, and you know, we would kind of geek out about whatever topic they may be interested in or I may be interested in and dive further. Um, got to know some of them. And yeah, and that's kind of how this community building really evolved. And, and just from doing it, I started suggesting other people do it too. Because that's how you really kind of get the feedback and to know the value that you provide to others, as well as, you know, what, um, what essentially makes sense for you. I think it, it just requires, you know, talking to other people and getting feedback from them. Hmm. And sort of over this journey of uh, about six months, let's say, since you said that you started your second Twitter account towards the end of January, um, what do you feel uh, what do you feel about like in terms of adding value versus sharing opinions because I feel like um, there's sometimes more gravity towards sharing opinions and if you share somebody's opinion or if you share somebody else's opinion they gravitate towards you a little more whereas mm-hmm. if you're sharing value you don't get as many people sort of hopping on that bandwagon so mm-hmm. In terms of your perspective, how do you view the two over your time of being on um, or like creating content? Mm-hmm. Can you define that a little further? You mentioned sharing opinion of other versus providing value, like just maybe my own knowledge. Is that is that what you mean? Yeah, in the sense that like a lot of the times I've seen people even say this, and I think uh-huh. even Adit might have said this once, like, you know, posting i apologize right, for right. cursing there but shit posting tends to get uh, a lot of followers in comparison to like people trying to add value uh-huh, so what is your observation of that like that uh-huh. sort of dichotomy if you will yeah no I, no i get it um i think you need a little of both I, I think you know i could potentially just focus on adding value all day but it's like you know, sometimes you just need like a comedic break, right? Like whenever you're, say you're watching a drama, um, if the, the movie is two and a half hours long and it's serious the whole time, you're just, you're just drained at the end, right? Like I, I love to learn, but if I'm, you know, trying to take a class for the whole day, um, I'll be pretty tired at the end, right? So a shit post in between or just some, you know, observation, um, you know, something relatable, I think, um, gets engagement, um, sometimes get more engagement outside your core um, and bring other people in with you, right? Because you, you, you know, when you are too focused on a, you know, certain topic or a niche, then you get a specific audience um, that cater to that. So to your point, it may be a little more narrowly focused and refined, but, you know, sometimes you put out a, posts, you know, shit posts or otherwise that goes a little more viral and gets retweeted by people outside of your, you know, um, topic. 
um, you get other people to kind of follow. And, you know, they may be a little bit tangential to whatever your topic is about, but then they could, you know, tease out the relevance of what you're talking about to kind of their world. And, you know, over time, they may do a retweet and, you know, expand it to their following and you get a little more followers. Um, so I feel like you, you need to mix it up a little bit. There, there, there is a game within Twitter where you provide value, provide value, um, try to go viral, uh, get some engagement, expand a little bit, and then provide value for your new followers. And it, it's sort of a cycle where you kind of have to do a little bit of both. And that's an interesting point you make because I think um, everybody's sort of testing the waters while they're initially like on this journey of creating content, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes it a lot more easier to do multiple things that you're interested in and then maybe hone in. If if your goal is to build a certain community around a specific niche, you can then hone into that mm-hmm. or you could still be that kind of person who shares everything because I've heard a few other content creators, not necessarily on Twitter, but the people I watch on YouTube and so on talk about how switching up things can be challenging for them if they mm-hmm. already have an established audience because now they're not sure if that audience is going to like what the new thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So um, there's very much a possibility of them not getting like on their new things or their new content rather, not receiving the same sort of reception as their old content did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of that, <clears throat> excuse me, do you see yourself um, switching up from being more of a community engagement sort of person into, I mean, you said that money Twitter makes you feel like you're just extending work, but uh-huh. if money Twitter, for example, do you see yourself uh-huh. making that change at all? I mean, I know it's maybe a little far-fetched because you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but uh-huh. is that something that you're open about? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is kind of a snapshot in time, I think, you know, for me, for all of us, really. I feel like, you know, for someone to know, um, you know, especially early on their journey, like what they're all about, you know, is, um, you know, it's like asking someone what they want to do, you know, when they're five, when they grow up, right? <laughs> you know, they may say a doctor or astronaut or a policeman, but who knows? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, you know, when, when, when you have like a million followers, maybe you're kind of stuck, right? <laughs> if you deviate too much from where we got you a million followers, you, you may not get a lot of engagement. But I think early on is when you really get to, you know, try out different things. Um, you know, I have less than a thousand followers now. Um, I've pivoted a couple of times, I feel like, and I, I know I'll probably pivot some more. And I think that's perfectly fine. Um, what what that may be yet, I don't know. And, you know, um, as... Uh, interesting to find out as you are <laughs> but for now um i've this has been good for me to one um you know get to know a lot of people and it, it feels like you know this community aspect is important i think um kind of at least right now where i am to to get to know a lot of people get feedback understand you know what are some of the problems and challenges out there that i may be able to solve so this, I feel like, is a kind of a signal for people to engage with me as well. You know, the more I talk about engagement, the more people actually feel open and compelled to, to DM me or ask me questions. And I'm more than happy to engage with them because it, it helps them. It helps me, um, you know, it helps the community. And I feel like that's a, a good, um, you know, signal for people, you know, say, hey, this guy is, um, open through DMs. He's, you know, talked to people on Zoom. He's doing a podcast for the first time. Um, you know, I, I'm, I feel less intimidated reaching out to this person as opposed to somebody else. So it's, um, it's a great signal, I think, in my opinion, for, for people to say, hey, I'm open for conversation. Let's, let's talk. Mm. And you interesting, uh, you, you sort of uh, mentioning that interestingly segues into the next question that I was actually 
thinking about because uh, there's mm-hmm. this website called socialbearing.com wherein mm-hmm. if you type a certain twitter handle it creates this word cloud and i was talking to this about danny miranda when i had him on the podcast too it sort of emphasizes some of the uh, words that you use most or more often uh, uh-huh. in your tweets and uh-huh. a couple of the words that uh, popped up mainly were people and twitter so that pretty much goes around goes along with your sort of uh, current approach of building a community uh, uh, in a lot this of this is ways. for you or this is the for when you typed in your handle uh no for your handle this is oh, for, this for handle. what i my handle okay that's cool <laughs> yeah this is with your handle yeah uh-huh. i'm sorry if i didn't mention that initially but yeah this is what popped up when i typed in your handle uh-huh. so people and twitter and like just the sort of combination of the two uh, is really interesting personally for me because we briefly spoke about this uh, before we started recording. But uh, one of the other reasons that I wanted to start uh, podcasting was also, also to sort of bridge that gap between the polarized sections of population. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I apologize if they're getting a little too loud, but uh, <laughs> um, how important do you think it is for us to as a community, bridge that gap between the two sides. Because mm. a part of me feels like news media is maybe tearing us apart. Uh-huh. So how does like this community building aspect for you through Twitter and connecting to, to people help bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I've, I've thought about this a bit and it really... You know, my personal opinion is I feel like 90% of people in the States, in the world, are folks who wants to have a conversation. They, they, wants to, they want to agree. It's commonality, right? There's humanity. Um, everybody is going through the same challenges. They go through the same issues. Um, you know, you... You know, you go through high school, you go through college, you get married, um, you have children, you get older, you're, you know, trying to figure out how to retire. I mean, these are common issues, right? I don't think anybody disagree with them. Um, I think there are people on both sides that have hard stance that don't want to, you know, change their mind or their opinion and they just want to be heard. And when that's the case, you it's difficult to have a conversation. It's difficult to um, to voice your opinion when the other side is not listening. Um, but for the most part, I feel like you know people are aligned that you know these are the important things that we need to consider, and you know having conversations around that is um, you know positive. But the ones on both sides are the loudest and they get the most retweets, they get the most engagement. And that's kind of the unfortunate part about social media is that um, engagement sells and, and um, uh, these type of highly triggering emotions keep you on the platform and that's how they monetize. So, you know, for you to move away from that i feel like you need to allow the algorithm to do the work for you by you know focusing on the people that you want to follow who have positive contributions who add to abundance mindset and who lead you to think in a positive way so that they're seeing that and they're saying hey this guy this gal this person is not looking for you know to to argue or to follow in polarizing stuff and algorithm will you know recommend something else right if you don't click on it they're not gonna keep showing it to you um you know it's kind of like when you go on netflix still they know what you want to watch because you know they follow your patterns (laughs) so you follow you know if you follow adith you follow danny miranda um you know, like I did when I first started this new account, I've gotten wonderful people to follow and gotten wonderful engagement. Have 
very little if no um, negativity, at least so far. Maybe I'm just haven't gotten big enough. I'm sure it'll come, but <laughs> at least not at this mm. time. Mm. And I think it's sort of like the part, it's, it's part of the territory is what I've heard a lot of people say. The uh-huh. fact that eventually there'll be a point where somebody will say something negative. And uh, funnily enough, actually, like, I mean, I just only, I only have about 70 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Uh-huh. But the latest episode that came out on, I believe, the previous Friday got a first slightly more negative comment towards something that uh, the guest said. So it's interesting. I mean, I didn't necessarily take it to heart because I came in with the mindset of being like, there's nothing I can do if somebody's not willing to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to see how it can psychologically mess with you when you see the opposing side probably dominating your uh, school of thought, if you will, Mm -hmm. in the sense of like pushing it down. Um, Because I feel like that's what both sides or the multiple sides are afraid of, right? Mm -hmm. They're afraid of losing their own voice that they want to shut down the other voice. Mm -hmm. So how important do you think it is for us as people to understand that if you were to shut each other up, we're actually not doing any good? Yeah, I don't have the propensity to, you know, shut them up. I feel like they're entitled to their opinion. Um, I don't have to respond or participate, and that's my choice, right? right? So, you know, um, you know, on that note that you just mentioned earlier, I I put out a thread that got a negative response. and it, it was kind of funny that, you know, this person took a, a really random stance that I didn't even think was, um, you know, polarizing, but there it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you put out stuff that you think everybody would engage with and, you know, somebody has something negative to say. And that's fine. Um, you know, not everybody has to agree with with me and, and my thinking, but um, I just never responded back. Um, I told uh, another friend about it and he engaged with that person and, and they went off on a, a different tangent. <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, we, we kind of joked about it, right? Like, um, you know, when you first get your first hater comment, you have arrived. <laughs> right? right. Like you have put out something <laughs> that's so polarizing, you, you know, in your own little world that there's someone who completely disagrees with it and they have to let you know about it. Like you have put out something that's so emotionally, um, you know, I don't know what the right word is, cultivating or or captivating, Mm. um, Mm. where they're like, wow, I need to respond and let them know how I feel. (laughs) Mm. Um, And that's when maybe you are doing something right. Because, you know, when when someone feels a certain way about, you know, your content, there are other people who feel um, another way on the different side of the spectrum right you can't necessarily understand you know bliss unless you've kind of gone through sorrows like if you're in a range of emotion where you're you're kind of focused on you know this tiny sliver um you know you may never be completely sad but you will never you know be completely happy either you're just kind of um in a very defined range so i think part of you know the work um, in, in being a creator is trying to figure out like what what cultivates you know emotions for people and, and how to you know put that out there and be comfortable with that um, mm. and allow those kind of voices and opinions you know come back and 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 you know some of it may be um, great feedback and so you you do have to kind of take it into consideration you know everything and 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 you could choose whether to um engage or not um but you know everybody's entitled to their voice and you know i think that's what makes kind of social media you know great and kind of you know it is kind of what it is as well most definitely most definitely i think it is that sort of con that comes with the major pro of social media giving everybody a voice Uh, Mm -hmm. but you said something very interesting there about uh you 
like not necessarily engaging with that negative comment that you got on that thread um mm. and you know you feel like you've done something right with that how important do you think it is for us as people to sort of hone into that knowing that okay like sure somebody has said something negative and some of it might be a criticism of something that you put out or it might just be them projecting their views on something that wasn't necessarily your intention of doing so mm. how do you think or how important do you think it is for us rather to sort of hone into that side of okay i think i'm doing something right and i should work on it rather than feel a sense of being pulled down by that negativity mm. yeah i i think it, it you know you read it's hard just um through a medium like twitter because you get 280 characters express a view so if the person is coming from you know um to it with some you know constructive criticism um and feedback or personal experience they may have experienced around a you know something i put out that is valid um for sure let's have a conversation um if you're just choosing to comment to you know try to pull someone down because of xyz then you know it's not worth my time right i feel like there are you know 10 other people who are reacting positively that i could contribute my time and energy to helping versus you know spending the same amount of time you know fighting off one negative comment um and it is is the same energy right like it really takes the amount of 10 people to to fight off um certain negativity because it is real estate in your head and you know it's emotional and, and it takes a lot of you know especially on twitter a lot of nuance to to really get through mm. to understand and, and type it all out so is that worthwhile um you know maybe through a conversation you know if that person is really feels is necessarily to get their voice heard and and understood uh it may be worthwhile um and just let, let's talk about it but you know i rather spend my time focusing on you know you know people who are engaging and and loving the stuff and seeing you know how you know i could take them to the next level you make a fair point there about uh polarization and sort of understanding uh which side to hone into more in terms of the negative comments and the criticism that we get uh but speaking of your uh tweets i pulled up a few of your tweets to get some additional context behind them uh mm. so if you don't mind me sharing i'm going to give you the i believe i've picked out three tweets and i'm going to give you each one of those and if you could just add some context to that uh that'd be great all right let's do it still it all right the first tweet let me see there you go okay the first tweet was uh the first million tweets are the hardest uh so what was sort of going through your mind when you put that tweet out yeah I, when i first created this account i think that the thing that was top of mind was just this incredible engagement between two people that i thought would never you know in real life actually have a conversation and maybe they they would i don't know i mean there are a lot of um interesting relationships now between rap artists and billionaires <laughs> but this is at least <laughs> this is at least um the first engagement i've seen i think this was around 2013 um it was between drake and tboon pickens um mm. billionaire oil man from oklahoma and basically drake put out this tweet saying you know first million first million dollars the hardest um i i imagine he he makes a lot more or he has a lot more now but you know yeah in 2013 i'm sure that was a humble brag or <laughs> which was pretty popular back then um mm -hmm. and t 
T. Boone Pickens basically quote retweeted him and said, the first billion is a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was just top of mind when I put out my first tweet, you know, just the, the first million tweet is the hardest. Um, you know, maybe, maybe for me thinking about, you know, at some point, there may be a million tweet on this account. And this is the first one. And I'll look back on it and laugh. Hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> do you feel like it is, is it, do you feel like it's hard or <clears throat> your feeling about it being hard? Has it changed over time? No, I feel like actually it, it hasn't been. Um, you know, like I said, I think the first month was hard when, mm-hmm. when <clears throat> you have zero engagement when you're tweeting into the void and you have no idea why you're on the platform where, where nobody's responding to you. <laughs> um, but when you utilize, you know, these engagement, um, I don't want to say tactic, but, you know, when you're just engaging with people and connecting with people, it, it really isn't difficult. And you feed off of that energy engagement when people are responding to you. Um, and I learned that, you know, even when you have a small account, you can kind of bring the party to you, right? You can reach out to and comment on other people's account or just DMing and, and DM people you're interested in and have a conversation. So it's not as dire as, you know, people make it out to be. It's, it's a difficult onboarding process, but it's not, it's not mm. hard. And it's kind of energizing, kind of fun when you're talking about things you want to talk about. Very true. Very true. Very true. I feel the same way too. Like the first time that I started tweeting out with a sense of purpose was a little hard, but now it's gotten a lot better. Uh, But moving on to the second tweet that I picked out uh, from your timeline, um, it was this one. If you think your life is hard, remember your parents had to actually go to the restaurant and try the food to know whether it's good or not. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> um, I follow this account, um, J.K. Molina. He's uh, mm-hmm. he writes great, engaging um, tweets, and I think he does ghost writing for a lot of you know bigger accounts. And um, one of the things he talked about is that you know certain accounts just talk about the same thing. When you like follow somebody, you know they they do a lot of repetition. Um, and this was one of those where I tried an idea where, you know, if you think your life is hard, you know, think about what it was like, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, mm. So I had one, I think, um, a few weeks back where I talked about um, this Thomas, um, the, the paper maps where you try to like, you know, find a location and you're going through this basically this map that takes you to page 57 for no apparent reason and you go there and you know if there's um new road construction or or something you're lost <laughs> right unless you mm. buy the next year's edition or um you know i had another one where you, you have to go through yellow pages to, to find a plumber <laughs> so so this was just uh, right. me trying to work on a series where you know life is pretty good <laughs> for all the complaining people do i think you know we, it's such an amazing time to be in it, it, like we have so much available in the palm of our hand um mm. and we just need to be grateful and blessed for that um the funniest part was that a week later this was retweeted by the official yelp account <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought that was hilarious um yeah you know, I, I didn't think about that. I mean, I, you know, obviously I use Yelp, but I didn't think, you know, put one and one together. And when they retweeted, I was like, that makes mm. sense. I, I wonder how they found this tweet, you know, and right. finding a needle in a haystack, but mm. technology, find weird way of connecting. People. Oh yeah, very true, very true, very true. What was your initial thought when you saw that pop up saying that Yelp retweeted this? I don't know. I don't. I just thought. I thought. I thought I made it. 
was like, I, I got retweeted by Yelp. I could retire. Um, right. <laughs> that was, was just more. It was just more funny for for me. I found it like kind of mm. slightly amusing. <laughs> gotcha. That's fair. That is. Yeah. yeah I. I can only it, imagine how not, it feels. Yeah, it, it's not like you know Naval retweeting you, but it's it's up there. It's up there. It's I, up there. I, I was proud. I was proud for you know for my morning. <laughs> fair enough yeah very true it's not up there but it's definitely there yeah yeah, yeah. if Most i had a twitter hall of fame i'll put that up there for now it's awesome it's awesome and uh the third tweet that i had pulled out was let me see it i think find it real quick there okay um remember you're on twitter for engagement comments are better than likes um how important do you think it is for us to understand that it's more about that engagement component rather than just seeing a like pop up um mm-hmm. the other reason why i found this tweet very interesting is because i am also a person believer in like more comments better than them being likes mainly cuz facebook for example when you wish somebody um and the kind of person that will go back and comment to everybody if they wished mm-hmm. me for my birthday or congratulated me for anything but mm-hmm. uh, and this is i'm not calling any names or taking anybody any of my friends who are watching this but <laughs> i do tend to see people just like and sort of move on so right. you know how important is it for us to realize that that engagement through comments is actually a lot more worthwhile in comparison to just like hitting the like button yeah i I think there there's something to be said right to to pause reflect and, and just leave some you know comment to show that you recognize that post you've thought about it and you try to you know respond in kind and it doesn't have to be you know some mind blowing um comment or feedback but I think you know to to let someone know you know great job um allows the other person to know hey you know i i that person has spent x amount of time you know paying attention to whatever i have to say i mean it just feels nice right and and yeah um sometimes too i think people just don't want to maybe put their opinion out and um mm. you know if they take a step and and throw an idea out there it could you know turn into something so much bigger and and um you know you, a lot of times people second guess themselves and how how much value you know maybe you know something has been said 10 times before and I don't want to repeat myself but you know because it's coming from that person it may draw a different perspective or it may inspire another idea um just because of the connection or the chemistry those two people may have so um you know I, i think it's all worthwhile as opposed to a like it's just i'm passing through a tweet right like it's a it's a it's not even a stop sign it's like a yield sign where mm. i need to slow down press a button and i'm just moving on <laughs> that's um, an interesting way yeah. of looking at it wow yeah yeah so yeah, definitely comments greater than likes and then someone posted but i want to do both <laughs> mm. <laughs> so comment plus like is greater than like and that's mm. valid that's valid as well as that's even better right right and right. that feedback was great cuz it made sense mhm yeah 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 <laughs> cuz it's not like you have to pick one or the other you could do both right 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 right, yeah. right. and sort of like branching out of that a little more um like you said you know like people tend to be a little afraid of sharing their opinions for any reason it may be be it they're worried of possibly offending somebody or just not wanting to put themselves out there do you feel like it's this dichotomy that plays in their mind about um oh what if you know i ruffle some feathers or you know they're just thinking about one rather than thinking about the possibility of both things happening 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes when you don't do something, it's, it's, very, it's a very binary decision. Like mm. you, you're thinking it's either the, the best outcome or the most negative, worst outcome. And a lot of times it's just nothing actually. It's just zero. Mm. <laughs> like most people don't care that much, right? Like right. I, I think in your mind, you're just like, you know, picturing the worst. But for most other people, they're not even really paying attention to you. Um, not in a bad way. They're just focused on, you know, kind of themselves, right? Or, or you know, whatever is occupying their mind that day. So, mm. but until you kind of take in that first initial step and realize, hey, it's not so bad. It, it's very intimidating. Um, I talked a little bit about um, you know, going through this type of rejection therapy in one of my recent posts where I did an exercise where I approached someone for 30 straight days and asked them to take a picture of me with a sign that says, I don't know this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and going through that exercise, I just realized that it's not really all that bad. And I think, you know, a lot of people have this kind of anxiety that, you know, people are going to, um, you know, make faces or reject them or, you know, the worst outcome possible, you know, tell them no, slap them, whatever it may be. And, mm. you know, the worst outcome was like, you know, no thanks, not interested, or they may be a little skeptical, but, you know, fine, I'll take this picture with you. Um, but yeah. actually like 80% of my interactions were super positive and I went on to have, you know, great conversations with a mm. lot of these folks for the ones that at least have the time um, mm. that are just, you know, maybe at a coffee shop writing or reading a book or, or whatnot. I feel like people are out because they do want to engage and they just don't want to, you know, make the first move. So by you taking the initiative and, you know, engaging with them gives them the opportunity and the excuse to interact. And I was able to make a connection that I would have never made before. So. Um, I think um, a recent tweet that um, Jesse had on on Twitter was that instead of thinking, you know, of all these things from A to Z, just to think about the next step, right? Let's go from A to B. Mm. What's the simplest, easiest, most friction, most lowest friction thing you could do to, to get to that next step and, and realize that it's not that bad and then just take another step and another step. Mm, very true, very true. Uh, that's a beautiful way to cap off this section of the podcast. So thank you for answering all of these questions. Uh, we're going to transition yeah. into the word association game that we were talking about. Um, so I call it Bish Bash Bosh mainly because I am a soccer fan and I once heard uh, this person make a sound with their mouth saying Bosch while they kick the ball. So I just found it really interesting. And one day the words Bish Bash Bosch just clicked in my head and I was like, whoa, I should make this a section on the podcast. So here we are. Um, It's basically a segment where I give the guests five words and they have to respond to each of these words in three other words or three phrases and all of these words are recurring on every episode it's the same word uh, or same five words just a way for me to see how people respond similarly or differently to these words so for example if I was to say Twitter what are the three things that come to your mind that would sort of be the way that we're going with this Um, Mm -hmm. does that make sense yep 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 reminds me of an improv exercise Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, so the first word is differences. What comes to your mind when I say the word differences? Different. <laughs> um, same. Mm-hmm. Nuances. Interesting. I like the fact that you mentioned nuance because the next word is nuance. What are the three things okay. that come to your mind when I say the word nuance? Details, not Twitter. 
conversations. Mm, beautiful. And the third word is learning. What comes to your mind when I say the word learning? Growing, fun, engaging. Mm. Cool. The fourth word is empathy. Oh, you said something? I said your categories for those. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fourth word is empathy. What comes to your mind when I say the word empathy? Um, kindness, understanding, holding space. Hmm. Interesting. That's, that's interestingly beautiful. And the last word for this segment is uh, similarities. What comes to your mind when I say the word similarities? <clears throat> I keep saying same. <laughs> <laughs> same. Um, connection. Similarities. Mm. Fun. Hmm. Fair point. Fair point. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of the times when we... <laughs> No, hey, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> These are the first things that come, come to your mind. So uh -huh. it's all fair game. It's all fair game. Nice. So nice. thank you so much for playing along uh, on this uh, segment. We're going to head into the last two questions of the podcast. Well, the last one's not really a question. And I've sort of turned it into a shtick where I say this every single time on every episode, but I still mm -hmm. call it a question. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the first question... Um, is how do you relate to people? I try to, you know, I, I try to understand most people and, um, you know, get to know them in a way, you know, that kind of helps me kind of connect with them. Um, in terms of who they are. I think one of the things that has been difficult for me is, is you know, developing deeper connections, I think, you know, at least initially. Um, and over time with a lot of you know, work and, and self-development, I've learned to um, do a lot of that on my own and, and allow myself to be more vulnerable and you know, put that out there and it makes people more comfortable kind of sharing themselves and who they are. So I feel like that authenticity um, in doing the work myself really helps build that connection and relating to, to people that you know, I wouldn't say has been easy for me before. You know, and, and I talked about this a lot as being um, a quality of an introvert too. Um, mm. just not, you know, completely out there and sharing myself, but, um, in, you know, these smaller engagement where it's one-on-one -on -one where I can, you know, um, get into deeper discussions and then really get to know people. I feel like, you know, I've, I've cultivated some of those skills where I could have those conversations and not, you know, feel uncomfortable easily and, and not talk about certain things because it's difficult, you know, cause I've, I've gone through a lot of that and, um, and helps people kind of open up to. Mm, very true. Very true. Because I feel like um, a lot of the ways that we find these connections is through relating to each other, right? Like mm. if there's something similar in terms of our likes or dislikes, there is that instant connection. But at the same mm. time, I think it also helps to sort of zoom out and see that this is just a personal view, but I feel mm. as humans, we all have the same intentions. We all want to be happy. We all want to be uh or we all want to lead a successful life, things like that. So we can all relate to that aspect as well. You know, even if our politics don't relate or our views on certain things might not match up, we can still be accepting of the fact that we're all seeking similar things in life and that we can definitely relate to each other through that. Um, so the last question, uh, which is not really a question, uh, but more of a request, uh, if yeah. you could leave us with something positive, or like a quote or just a thought uh, that you'd like to share with the listeners and uh, watchers, uh, feel free to do so. 
yeah, the, the one that really sticks with me is, you know, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Um, I just, you know, that, that has really stuck in my mind. It's just, you know, there, there are multiple perspectives to, to look at the same thing. Um, you know, it's always kind of like that elephant fable, depending on kind of where you're looking at in terms of seeing the elephant, you see a different part and they're all true. There's not one truth, you know, mm. there are multiple truths, um, depending on, you know, where you're coming from in life. So I think the important piece is to listen and understand as opposed to just thinking your way is the only way. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Andrew, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I yeah, really sure. appreciate you sharing your thoughts and your opinions and everything else in between. If you could mention to the people where they can find you, please feel free to do, feel free to do so. Um, you can find me on Twitter, KAndrewC, the letter C. Um, that's my main social media platform for now. And, um, you know, hope maybe one day it'll expand, but, you know, at least for now, I think that's where people can find me. Awesome. And I'll make sure to link that down in the description below. Um, but once again, thank you so much, Andrew, for taking the time to do this. Um, and for those of you listening and watching, uh, thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. Make sure to follow Andrew on his social media accounts and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review on the platform of your choice and follow Random Relatability on social media. Share your thoughts on the guest introduction post on the Random Relatability Instagram page and also check the description for other sources of information and content that we've talked about today. If you've made it this far, Thank you once again. I really appreciate you listening to the entire episode and joining in on our conversation about Twitter and all things engagement. Until next time, stay safe, take care, and don't forget to keep your mind open to different perspectives because you never know, random relatability might just be around the corner. <laughs>